I mean, I felt really strongly about what we had created. We're yeah. really here to change how education looks like. We've just signed something with Disney for the Click It. Learn numbers. Mm. Learn what they mean. Learn the relationships. Learn the pattern. Learn how to manipulate them. Learn how to make them work for you. Welcome to the Chill Mom Boss Show, where your best mom life starts here. Hey there, I'm Michelle Hahn, and you're watching the Chill Mom Boss, where we believe um, your mom boss goal is possible with a little bit of determination and the right strategies. Today, I have with me Amuta Saravanan, the co-founder of the Vinci Group. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you very much. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself. Um, okay, so uh, my name is Amu. Um, I have a six-year-old boy, mm-hmm. and um, I run a business together with my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in education. Uh, before that, I co-founded, or rather, founded um, a company called Amu's and Original, mm-hmm. which was uh, an avenue to actually express my um, clay um, creations. Uh, through that, I created belly pots and baby prints, and then after that, one thing led to another, and we created Da Vinci Group, okay. which now does classes and creates products for children in preschool. Oh wow! So, how did you get into it? How did I get into it? Okay, yeah. very good question. <laughs> it was an existential crisis. <laughs> I studied clinical neuropsychology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so and what happened was, you know, it, it was at a point where um, I had to make a decision. If I wanted to continue to do my PhD, I would have had to move, you know, from Singapore because at that point they didn't have clinical neuropsychology right. per se in Singapore. And you know, if you did your PhD, it would be like an investment into your thirties, and then I would come back. And you know, if I did ever change my mind, it would be such a risk. So my um, boyfriend then, husband now, um, and I decided that we will maybe go discover something else. So after my masters, we applied to everything and anything, and I ended up in a uh, senior level executive search firm mm-hmm. uh, called Egon Zender. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that um, I would use my um, expertise in um, psychology and so on mm. but that didn't quite work out so midway through I was like okay um, I like the pace the pay is great mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my brain is not feeling stimulated so why not pick up a you know a different hobby or okay. something of that sort uh-huh. and I had never done clay before I've always been interested in the arts uh-huh. um, and so I went for a clay class and I realized that there was just something about the medium of clay mm. that even my husband noticed that, you know, I would go to work and I'd come back and he would describe me, describe me as a zombie. Um, <laughs> but if I went for a class and I came back and then he would describe me like, wow, you look really alive. So what is it about this medium? So his background is in neurobiology. So he got really interested in what was happening. Mm-hmm. So we dived into the research and... You know, we found that there was this thing called neuroeducation, mm-hmm. which is um, a field of study in neuroscience. Mm-hmm. Um, the UK and US have actually pumped in a billion dollars to look at how your brain optimally learns. Oh. And they have found that when you actually learn through sensorial means, your learning lasts for a longer time. So we being the geeks, we scoured all of the research and then we started designing our own programs, Mm -hmm. looking at which mediums stay true to neuroeducation. And we discovered that Clay is one of those platforms and today we have um, seven other platforms using theatre, jazz music, our own deconstructed robotics and so on and so forth that we do um, in preschools, 
uh, in Singapore. Mm -hmm. So we've worked with over 300 preschools in Singapore to date in the last seven years. Wow. And have well reached done. out, thank you, and have reached out to about 20,000 children. And then we created a product called the Clay Kit. Yep. Um, which I have. Yes, <laughs> which you have, yes. yes. <laughs> um, and uh, that was just um, taking our lessons to uh, the B2C model, meaning mm. like parents were inquiring, how do I do this at home with my child? Yeah. How do I have a meaningful experience? Mm. So the Clay Kit, if you, if you realize, actually has some sort of an inquiry in it. Yep. And then you can explore that together with your child yeah. at home. So that's kind of like the business right now. Um, we've also gone offshore to, to Japan, um, trying to digitalize our lessons and so on and so forth. Wow. And we've just signed something with Disney for the Click It. Oh. So yeah, so here we are right now. So lots of things happening. The company came before your son. Yes, the company came before my son, but um, one year into it, you yeah. were you're pregnant. And yes, I was, and he came along. And, and was, how did you? It was really tough. Yeah. I've got to say, it was really tough. If you hear the stories, it's really funny. Um, I had to, like, the first time we did a roadshow at Pasabella. Uh -huh. um, so I was very thankful that um, after maternity, I was allowed to do part-time in my previous employment. I was still working in my previous oh, okay. employment. So, so I did two days a week over there, I think, if I, can't rem if I remember correctly. And yeah. then I kind of used some time on Da Vinci Group. Yeah. And uh, we had to do a roadshow at Pasabella, and I had to figure out where I can go and pump and it just working around the whole child caring aspect mm. with the business was really very 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 tough yeah. and, and you just have to have such a good social support system and I time mean, management like yeah. when you gotta leave it's leaking yeah <laughs> like you know have yeah. to, Yes, yeah. so the number of places I've actually pumped is quite funny <laughs> to think about right now, but you just got to do what you got to do, yeah. I guess. And yeah. I guess it was really important that we, I mean, I felt really strongly about what we had created mm. and how this had to go out to people. Yeah. And I guess my husband was very aligned with me. Mm. And um, I think that's why we have made it work until now. I mean, there were so many times we could have just, you know, said, okay, I'm throwing in the towel just go get a job or something of that sort. <laughs> yeah, and, and both, I mean, it's not like, okay, uh, let me still work and yeah. you be in it. Like, yeah. both of you are in it. Yeah, exactly. So 2015, both of us kind of quit our jobs to do it full-time. Yeah. When Dronan, my son, was two years old. So can you imagine the risk? Like, yes, right. <laughs> but by then, you would have... Um, you know, a number of schools signed up with you? Well, or? actually only one. So oh. At that time, 2015 was just one because I managed to get... I mean, when the first account came late 2014, that's mm -hmm. when we realized, okay, there's something here. Yeah. And for us to move forward, I couldn't have done it like a part-time thing. I yes. mean, it just wasn't working because right. your mind is all over the place. Already you're a new mom and this is a new business, which is also a new baby, yeah. you know? So... I had to make a decision and in fact we made a decision to and both I know your job was yeah so we did that and then that's when things started moving right that's mm. when we got the accounts with Eaton House that's when we started working with Chilton House you know bigger brand names and then boutique kindergartens right. and so on and so forth right so is it important to go into um 
the um, the bigger names first and then to approach like the smaller names? Well, for us, well, actually, truth be told, when we started the company, we really wanted to be an avenue for CSR. Mm-hmm. So, like, we envisioned that our programs would be funded by big companies wanting to do corporate social responsibility and that they would fund um, the underprivileged kids going through our programs. Oh, but at that time, nobody <laughs> wanted to give us money. So, yeah. Yeah, because it's probably not proven yet. Yeah, well, right? they, they didn't know the track record. They were just, yeah. you know, if they actually believed us, they would be believing two crazy academics. <laughs> so, we, and then after that, they wanted to work with PCF. And we did work with PCF, PCF, uh, PAP Community Foundation. Oh, okay, you know okay. the Sparkle Thoughts. Oh yes, 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 yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did, and um, but then breaking through such a big organization is a really big deal. And we worked with a couple of the centers, but it didn't quite make sense at that time as well. So All we decided right. that you know what, maybe we have to go premium in order to scale down different versions so that yeah. we can get to the to the low-income sort of bracket they, as they well. they can't afford it. Exactly. Right? So, so, so this th- would be like the extra enrichment class that yes. the preschool offers you. Yes, yes. Yeah. for some of them. And for some of them, it's part of their core curriculum as well oh, during okay. the daytime. So mm-hmm. those were the two sort of um, avenues we looked at. Mm. Yeah. So to answer your question, yes, we had to go premium, not because yeah. we, wanted not to, we wanted to, but it was just a strategy that we had to adopt so that we would be seen and heard in a faster way. I see. Ooh. And so the early days were just the two of you. Yes. When knocking doors yes. to preschool and yes. say, we have this program yes. and you train the teachers or you So we went in first. Yourself? We went in for um, most of our first classes, first mm-hmm. few classes. Yeah. Uh, so we bootstrapped for about four years in our house. So there came a point where we had like... So you had like all the materials in your yeah. house, you're building it up and then your clays and everything yeah. and then you just bring it every day to different school that you need to teach yeah. and you taught it and delivered those classes yourself. Yeah, wow. and it didn't look like a house. <laughs> it was not a house. Um, so finally, it came to a point where we had like 10 trainers sprawled across our house trying no. to get work done and then we thought so about So you trained it. the trainers? Yes, we trained our own trainers. Yeah, because um, it's a unique career. Correct. I mean like it, it, in the early days... It was so difficult to wrap your head around what this is. Yeah, how do you even explain it? Yeah, I, I still don't think I really get it. But I know you're an education based on neuro linguistic. Oh, what's that? Neuro neuro education. Neuro education and it's by a touch hands-on sensorial hands thing. Yeah. Yes, that's okay. good already. That's okay. very good for a first time of understanding. And yeah. and um, I think we had to really make sure that our trainers were delivering the program based on the design of how we created it. Mm-hmm. So, which is why we weren't ready in the early days to go to a school and say, let me train your teacher to actually do right. this because that would be a different model altogether. Yeah. Um, we want it's also to- something that you picked up and learn along the way because you are not educators. Uh, yeah, so we are <laughs> academics right. and yeah. everything that we created was based on... Uh, so see, that's the difference, Research right? Research and... Yeah. Hard science, yes. Yeah. So that's the difference, right? Because until this point, we realized that education was really based on observation, interpretation, and documentation. It was more experiential, and um, it was more of... Um, there wasn't really hard science behind it, mm. okay? And that proved to be a problem because your parents have become very discerning, and then they ask, so how do you know that they're actually studying or learning or anything of this sort when they're playing? Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. the only answer you can give them is, well, because they remember it in another situation or anecdotally, they remember this and so on and so forth. 
But if you can actually create a design of a program that's based on how your brain perceives information, mm-hmm. then you can convincingly tell the parent, yes, I have this here because this leads to more mm-hmm. attention, focus, concentration. Mm-hmm. Right? And throughout the years, we've created like um, avenues to do these assessments as well so that parents actually know that it works. And yeah, you have some sort of results to show Yes, them. absolutely. Yeah, it's very result-based. Yes. Especially for Singaporean parents, yeah, right? I know, right? Because <laughs> the first thing is, why am I doing arts, right? Because they're always about, like, let's study, right? Mm. So that was a big barrier to break. And yeah. then after that, when you're doing arts, and then you say you have a little bit of science to actually tell them why it worked, mm. they're more convinced. Mm. Yeah. Did you experiment on your child? Of course! <laughs> Roland has been doing neuroceramics in 17 months. And that's yeah, how I did it. Right? It's yeah. like a focus group right now. Yes, exactly. Just one child, but we also use Sarah's nephew and so on and so forth. But I mean, the results were astounding. Awesome. And, and like, you know, to see a 17-month-old child actually mm. remembering techniques that I taught him maybe a week ago was really astounding. That was my aha moment, like, wow, this thing really works. Yeah. And then we weren't satisfied. It gives you the confidence as exactly. well, right? To go right, out there. exactly. But that wasn't enough, right? Because we're just, you know, hardcore academics and just seeing is not really believing for us. So we actually went to Finland, the world leaders of education over there, to sort of let them critique our work, like say, uh-huh. no, to really get to ourselves saying that, okay, it's not fluff that we've created. Mm. And we thought they were going to give us lots of comments, you know, like, you know, this is, you know, very elementary, blah, blah, blah. But they were really blown away because they themselves hadn't cracked how to get research into application. And by that time when we went to Finland, we had already reached out to about 6,000 children. And that for them was like, wow. And so we've actually sort of gotten into a memorandum of understanding with them to with the University of Helsinki to actually research our neuroeducation based programs. Oh wow. So yeah, so awesome. How's that going? It's going great because <laughs> we are organizing our first neuroeducation symposium of Asia <gasps> on the twenty second of October. Oh wow. Yes, and we've got our Finnish researchers, Dr. Marie coming in. Mm. We've also got a very, very world renowned um, psychologist, um, researcher and journalist, Dr. Susan Pinker. She's giving like an online digital facilitation webinar at the symposium and we've got two other education experts as well Um, and I think it's making a mark that Singapore um, really is in the forefront of education as well because I mean we have a lot to be proud of and we should be looking at progressive learning methods as well so this is something that uh, we really wanted for to happen. Well done. Yeah. Wow. How exciting. Yes. Very exciting. Um, okay. So, you, when you first started the company, right, um, with your husband, yes. how did you decide who does what? Oh, it was tough. <laughs> you know what? On hindsight, I would yeah. say never do anything with your husband who related, okay? And I think he would, he would also say that because okay. it was very hard. At first, I was CEO and then he was COO and then we realized that no, 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 this is just not working. We're not moving forward at all because yeah. he's He's not the executor, like he cannot execute okay. like like that, like okay. how I do. Okay. And then we switched roles, I became no. COO and mm. he became CEO and mm. that kind of clicked better. He's more okay. of a visionary. Okay. Um, and, but even then, right, I mean, it's so difficult when you are moving so quickly in a yeah. startup situation not to think about work all the time. And I think that we had to really go through many, many spaces and many, many sort of waves to come to where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you're in charge of... So now I take care of the education pillar. Mm-hmm. 
which is our you know bread and butter right now mostly that funds all our different pillars and so on and so right. forth which is to go do classes and so on mm-hmm. he takes care of things outside of singapore right now oh. um so the product mm-hmm. as well as the digital online facilitation um but in role aspect he's ceo and i'm ceo so mm-hmm. i execute so you still look after operations correct that's right and he kind of takes care of strategy and so on and so forth yeah i see and you have a pamer stuff so we're very lean um we've got only four other full timers aside from us oh. but a pool of about 30 to 40 part timers no i wouldn't call them part timers i'll call them freelancers mm. who are trainers yeah and um they kind of go through the curriculum with us so that they know how to deliver the classes okay so if a trainer wants to work for you then they'll come in and get some sort of training yes. then they can go in and when they deliver the class it would have to be through you right yes. that's why you they can't yes. just go and say hey i've learned this like a certification thing. Uh, we do have a certification uh-huh. but um that is a longer training period as opposed mm-hmm. to like um going in and doing classes immediately yeah but for right now most of the trainers come to us they're under da vinci group and uh-huh. that's how they go and deliver right. our classes to the accounts that we have and you pay them yes. directly and yes. not through the no, school. Okay, not through so the not like they go and offer yeah. the service. Oh, yeah. Okay. And was it hard like growing from two person to like start the hiring and you no. Know, yeah, delegating? I I think that you know if there's one thing that's really um challenging is really to work out the human capital aspect of a business. Yeah. And because whom you're dealing who you're dealing with are other human beings who have concerns who have um issues who have um emotions and so on and so forth and i think we're still learning how to people manage and i think it's a lifelong yeah. thing you know like you know people managing is uh i mean it's a lot of work <laughs> and people are changing all the time like yeah. look at look at look at like our parents generation and then like our generation and then the generation after us mm. they all have different sort of qualities and so on yeah so that's one thing that we are uh, still trying to be better at mm. yeah and it was tough it was tough moving from 2 to 2 to yeah. the number that two we are at three. yeah yeah um, okay so for someone who is um looking at you know perhaps as a business idea and thinking of starting something what's the one advice that you would give them oh, wow learn finance <laughs> okay yes yeah i think that's the biggest thing that would um would bring value to the business mm-hmm. which is learn numbers mm-hmm. learn what they mean learn the relationships learn the pattern learn how to manipulate them learn how to make them work for you mm-hmm. um i think if that's kind of taken care of i think that would give you a very solid you know basis for running a business yeah yeah is that based come from my experience a lot of experience painful experiences <laughs> that i'm still going to feel through. like there's a lot of story behind yeah. that there's a lot of stories oh uh, yeah but that'll become a soap opera so forget it or <laughs> i think i'm so much for sharing so Thank far you. and if um someone wants to get in touch with yes. you and okay what's the, what's the plan for the da vinci group oh then? what's the plan well, yeah, what's the world plan? domination like, <laughs> yeah i mean um in the next five years we what do you want people to know 
Oh, we're yeah. really here to change how education looks like and make sure that your children are going to be contributing global citizens. Mm. Yes, and will not be obsolete for the future in another 20 years. Yeah, because that, that's what people are always worried about. Worry about. Oh, yes. you know, we won't have jobs anymore. Yes. And, that, and, yes. and your education um, allows them to really be values driven so that you know, the things that they're learning is based on skills. Mm. You know, it's about how you are adapting your mind to think so that you would always be relevant yeah. given any situation. Yeah. yeah. Great. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank Whoa. you. It was well, quite a journey. Yeah, it's, it's quite a journey. It's still a journey. And we haven't got special Of course. Service. Of yeah. course. And all the best for the symposium. Thank you. That's coming up very soon. Yes. And um, of course, we will leave all the link to um, the Vinci Group and Rabat Amutha in our show notes. And if you find this useful, please share it with your friends. Please join us again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, if you like this episode, share it with your friends on social media. Tag me at The Chill Mom and every month I pick a winner and you could win a surprise from me. And if you'd like to hear more on how to build a business from home while raising kids and how to manage it all without tearing your hair out, subscribe to my podcast for more episodes like this one. I'll catch you next time and thanks for listening.